Welcome back to the Inside LAFC Max and Vince podcast. Before I go any further, Vince LaRosa and I am Max Bredos, as you probably are abundantly clear on that. Just want to invite everyone to subscribe to our pod. Rate and review. Leave a review right now. Go leave a review. I'll wait here. And then once you've sent the review and I will continue to talk. Oh, cool. Just take a break. All right. Good. Did you leave a review? Just a quick one. Just, just a like, quick one. Love it. I love it. Five stars. Bang. Love it. Hate Vince. Love it. <laughs> Whatever you want to say. We don't care. We want that interaction. We want you to be part of it. But uh, this is it. We're back once again. And uh, not in the spirits that we had from a week ago where we were really rip-roaring as LAFC took on New York City FC. This was uh, the last game before a three-week international break. Uh, you don't need me to say it that obviously going off on an international break, you'd like to leave on a good note. So everyone walks out. Hey, they're still practicing, by the way. This, we, we have Mark Anthony Kay will be joining Canada. That's the, the limit of our. No. Oh, Kim no, Moon, I'm sorry. Kim Moon-Wan is, Kim is Moon-Wan going to South Korea. Chiki Palacios. Chiki Palacios in Ecuador. Ecuador. Brian Rodriguez. Brian uh, Rodriguez to Uruguay. If, if those happen. Yeah, the the Copa get... America now is in serious doubt. We can talk about that later. But You know what the Copa America reminds me of? Hmm. You know the Monty Python and the Holy Grail? where the knight who keeps fighting and then gets an arm cut off and then goes, no, I'm not finished. <laughs> the black knight. It's merely a flesh wound. Yeah. And it's then to that takes off both legs and arms and it's still there wiggling, looking to fight. Which that's I a respect. Good shout. Yeah, respect that. <laughs> yeah, you got to love the guy's fight. Uh, that's a really good shout. Yeah, it's, it's gone that way where it's like, oh, it's fine. I mean, look, we have two hosts, so if Colombia has to pull out because everything that's going on is cool, Argentina. Brilliant. And then Argentina goes, ah, hey, over here, you guys want to check it out over here? We're... It's pretty it's bad. bad. It's bad. Uh, and they're like, okay, well, maybe we go to Chile. And Chile's like, uh, we're not doing so hot either. <laughs> uh, Brazil, yes! Yeah. Come on in! Brazil, not going to let uh, any foreign visitors in for the foreseeable future. Um, and we make light of it, but these are obviously this is scary stuff. I mean, it's, it's sad what's going on. Obviously, uh, the vaccines rollout here has been great, but then you see other nations and... They can't get right, from what I understand, they're getting the vaccine. They're not getting the vaccines we're getting. They're getting uh, the Chinese version, which is not the first source of the vaccines, but those are getting, and they're getting shipped out very slowly. Yeah, uh, which is troubling. They're trying to get the players to come to the United States in many cases to get the vaccines, and then the public back in South America aren't thrilled about that. But uh, Brazil, and from what we understand, the players. The big name players are going to be <laughs> participating. I'm surprised. I figured some of them would say, you know what? Like Lionel Messi, who says he's resting for this competition. It just shows how important it is to them, which is really uh, remarkable and uh, reasserts how great this sport is. Well, it's sad because it is one of the most incredible competitions. Like the the talent that is on display. Uh, the fact that, look, I, I'm okay with the World Cup going to 48 teams. Uh, but the fact that in Copa America, like almost every team has a, a big name player, some have four or five, and they're all just going to play each other. That makes for a great competition. And so that's sad that we won't see Argentina, Chile. We won't see, you know, uh, a team like Peru that has a lot of talent, uh, maybe not a, a household names, but they take on a Brazil team and they give them a scare a lot of times. So, yeah, it's a, it's a big bummer. If it could happen in the United States, I would go. Short notice? Short notice, but I would go. They would have to do it like in a stadium, too. They were talking Florida. And then someone said, yeah, you couldn't do Orlando because the Gold Cup. I go, why not? You just, it's beforehand. Kind of leads that to uh, it, it would have been a possibility to see that pulled off. But, uh, I mean, that is kind of a naivete to say, hey, three weeks out or two weeks out. 
hey, can we get these stadiums? Or, oh, yeah, we could, we could turn the lights oh, yeah, hold on. on. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, as much as way. the United States is, you know, there almost this, turnkey. Turnkey yeah, in the sense is, that you still need. But not too weak turnkey. Yeah, yeah, you don't just show up the day of and go like, hey, uh, we'd like to play in your stadium. No, it doesn't work that way. Plus, they're going to be like, what? what's in it? You know, <laughs> Let's give us some coin. Uh, so I, that was a big, that was a hard turn. Good, because I really didn't want to go into the LAFC uh, part of the show. Cause look, well, good, because I was also laughing at you to start the show. You, you guys should see in like the five-second countdown how many things Max does. Like, turn off his I, phone, move over here. Like, you got a lot done in five seconds. Imagine, yes. imagine if you employed that in the rest of your life. I how do. much you could this get done. This is my life. I know. It's constantly my Max's life. life is crazy. I just like to watch busy. it. very uh, busy. So no travel this week, because I would normally go Monday red-eye to call some South American games. With yeah, you run stages. out of here to pack your bags to get on Pretty a flight much. to Miami. Pretty much. Come back Friday morning. Uh, so I did have a, did you have a nice weekend? Obviously, uh, notwithstanding. <laughs> an okay from weekend. An okay weekend. Yeah, I still had a good weekend. I went for a run, did some things, you know, some people on Twitter got a little upset about some things that I said. I mean, not, they weren't you bad. You were on fire on there. Yeah. Stirring the pot on a, a Sunday of Memorial Day weekend. The best part is, it's like, I have no friends on either side. LAFC fans are not happy with me. Galaxy fans are not happy with me. Okay. Well, part of you says because they were defending the Galaxy. They were like, don't you hate the Galaxy? And you're like, no. And I go, I don't hate the Galaxy. I like the rivalry. I like to see uh, where it's developing. I think we, we could improve the way we roll out the rivalry. I like sports. Look, I've matured. I've grown up. I'm not going to base my whole personality on hating another sports team. I just can't. Yeah. I literally can't do that. I mean, I get, I get, I would get so fired up about results. Like I got, there's so much other things I got going on in my life. So many, especially coming out of a pandemic, there's so many other things that like I've learned that are, that are different. Um, I love, shout out to the person that's like, yeah, you don't hate them because you're going to want to go work for them one day. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Love that. I loved all that money I was making. Come on. Your, your tag, your, your, your LA, your Twitter handle is LAFC Vince. Right. So, I mean, what, that's what I'm going like, well, I work for LAFC and I wear the colors and I shout it out and, you know, I get, you know, attacked a lot by the guys very, pretty famously last season, mind you. Um, and it's, that's something I don't want to bring in. I'm very proud. And the LAFC is the only team at this point, even Florida state football, I've diffused the emotions where I get disappointed when they lose obviously LAFC. Cause we're so embedded with them, but it doesn't venture off to the other side where you're so critical. I go, well, I think look, I'm an open book. You can see my, what I support. I'm yeah. proud of what I work for. And uh, I bleed those colors when they lose. I'm disappointed, but I'm not, vindictive well i think we're going to go into uh, a certain player that's that's getting a lot of vitriol yes. thrown at them and we gotta, I think, we gotta I think stem this a little bit some of that is the point like i look if if you hate the galaxy or you hate your rival fine um i think i just look at it a different way having been on the inside and seeing the amount of preparation i know that across town greg vanny is doing the same amount of preparation and what goes into it and then getting to know the players and knowing that they're human beings and, and things happen like i just i can't put so much emphasis in being black or white binary on that because I, I know a little bit deeper about what these people go through. So no, I don't hate them. Like I don't hate Chicharito. I can make jokes about, about him, but at the end of the day, like if he walked in here, I'd be like, Hey, nice to meet you. And I, I, I he is an astounding football player. Yes. Like, and a decent dude by and, and large. And when a you decent see, dude by uh, large. So what, connection. Like, by so way, I'm, I did that with Zlatan. So am I supposed I, to hate him? I was at ESPN at that, and I was, I was interviewing with Zlatan. He came to me, he was a lovely guy. I go, I'm not going to sit here. Hey, man. <laughs> yeah, like, even Zlatan, his stick wears old with me after a while. But I know that it's just stick. And a lot of people, it made a lot of people money, made him a lot of money. Uh, you know, MLS, for as much as everyone's like, oh, I can't stand it anymore. 
Oh, they loved it. They loved it. Even when he walks off the field and grabs his junk, they loved it. You know that they clipped yeah. that, blasted it everywhere. Like, and it's just like I get, I see it all. And and again, if that's if that's how you want to run your life and you want to get fired up about those things, have at it. But just remember, there is a line. I wanted to ask you more about your long weekend. I did go up to Los Olivos and Solvang a little bit with the lady. Had a wonderful time. Yeah. You see uh, the big horses? Yes, had some uh, a variety, is of, where Santa Claus a variety of, uh, lives? of Western European sausages that, uh-huh. that are on offer there, but I had a great time. But I think we're already into this LAFCC, so let's get into it. Solvang is where Santa Claus lives, though, right? Yes. Like, looks- that's where he vacations? Yeah, it was these Danish settlers who created this. It's brilliant. I wish we all did this. We we, we sort of do, but it's a little off the beaten path, and uh, it's a create a, a wonderful yeah. family uh, environment. And then you have the wine country next door. It's so close. I forget. I really didn't explore it as much as I have. So until it's all this meat. It's all meat, pastries, and beer. No meat, pastries, and wine, and then beer. Oh, wine, obviously, okay. yes. Uh, but the local. Wines, I just saw you with your big. Mug. Yeah, they basically put it was they put two. You one of those competitions where you hold the mug out? That was my only one, by the way, the big mug. They put two big Carlsbergs in there. They didn't. You mean that was the only mug you used, but they kept refilling. No, I just had it the one. Okay. That was uh, Saturday morning, so I was coming down back to LA. Ah, gotcha. And then I went back up. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I do. (laughs) He's like, it's so good. Turn back around. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I, we had Saturday, we were busy. We had some stuff to do. So, uh, like watch this LAFC game. Oh, before the LAFC game, a lot of folks upset at the stream, which broke down a lot, which uh, I, so I got on a little bit and, and experienced it myself and it does. Yeah. Twitter, not my favorite way to, to watch a game. So that needs some work. So hopefully that gets fixed because the game should be accessible to everyone all the time, especially a game with LAFC, which is one of the. The uh, the major food groups in Major League Soccer. It's People cool, watch it that aren't in L.A. Well, it's a cool idea, but if it doesn't work, then what's the point? Yeah, it doesn't work. And also, it's hard to it's hard to take it from your phone and let's say I don't have Univision, but I am at home. It's hard to get it from your phone to the big screen TV. It's weird to sit in front of my big TV like this or on an yeah. iPad. I mean, it's still not big enough. I watch so much stuff on my phone now. It's bananas. Yeah, you need. Glasses I was watching yet? the Champions League final on my phone. You watch the Champions League final on your and, phone. Uh, cr- crying uh, actually tears in my eyes when Christian Pulisic came out I could not control it isn't that weird yes I was like ah oh, Christian Pulisic you should have started this game I can't believe Thomas too Christian Pulisic should be starting this game for the beginning. Had a, <gasps> actually started crying I put the phone down I go wait my wife's like what I go I don't know what just happened there but I was overcome with emotion to see an American player taking the field of the Champions League final that's weird I think I wait, invested what if, too much what into if it. like in warm-ups Ederson had pulled a hammy and Zach Steffen had started, would you have been as teary-eyed? Probably. Okay, just asking. Aderson, uh, on the goal, he oh, yeah. handled the ball outside the air. He wait, should have wait, gotten a red let, card. No, 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 let's settle sh- this. Most goalkeepers would not get a red card for that. Oh, okay. It's a yellow. It's normally a yellow. It's Look, a yellow even if the ball goes in. If it's a goal, because it doesn't take it away, it's still the process. So you're right, it is a yellow. Well, because it's a goalkeeper. Goalkeepers normally can yes, handle right. the ball, and he's so it's close. The goal, it's the, uh, it's Remember the, uh, who was that? Who was that? Nashville. At midfield, he had come all the way out. He had come out for a corner, then went to defend. Was it Joe Willis? And then yes. somebody tried to chip him, and he just was like. <laughs> was yellow, was, right? That was just a yellow. That may, now, I'll give you that. That might be a moment where a referee has to use a little bit of common sense to go, hey, guy, you know you're this far from goal. You know you can't use your hands, and I know that you're using a little bit of a loophole here. 
I got to got to give you a red. But as close as he was to goal in in the process of the play, I think I don't okay. think it would have been red. I, I, I could just, be wrong, I but I don't think little, it would have been a red. I was getting a little romantic about the prospects of another American coming in and going, "This is incredible. We've taken this game over. It belongs to us. It's ours." What if what if <laughs> Ederson gets a red, and Pep's like, Fernandinho. <laughs> He's well, like, we, he's got a great passing well, range. We know. We could, he could step into the mid. He could step into that. Uh, if you drop the center backs, he could kind of step in and. Right. I wouldn't put it past Pep. Well, if he did that, then it would have been very telling, and I would have the it would have been an alarm bell for Greg Berhalter. I go, maybe uh, we got to look for another option in goal because uh, they're putting Fernandinho in front of him. Oh, if I'm if I'm Zach Seffen, I find my phone. Yeah. And like, get me out of here. Well, he's got to get out of there anyway. Probably. He, he needs minutes. And for the national team, I'm sorry, we're going off all sorts of tangents. For the national team, we cannot have our starting goalkeeper uh, playing five games a season. Yeah. Because you can't tell me practice that that pra- No. Look, I'm sure the training's great, but it's not game situations. It's it, No one would say that. I don't care how good Pep's training is. It's not a game. I had this conversation on Twitter, which is obviously exhausting, and they say... Uh, people I go, look, I, Zach Steffen needs to play games or he really shouldn't be the number one keeper. I go, but he's getting great training with Pep. That's out. That out great this training is, that he should use in matches. In comparison, so Matt Turner, who's the other option, I would say, is getting games all the time with New England. What is more valuable? I'd say the games, 100% out of 100. But some people seem to think, and it's crazy, you need to play games. Yeah. All right, let's get to the game. By the way, I do have the sticker for those wondering, have you left a review yet? <laughs> I have my back sticker to, as I do on our visual, on the visual element of the podcast, which you can see on 110 Football and the, on LAFC's YouTube pages. We highly recommend because the studio is glorious. So let's get into the game. LAFC losing to New York City FC 2-1 after taking the lead. Uh, the, everything happening in the second half. The, uh, the goals from Corey Baird. I'm going to get the minutes here correctly. 56th minute. Then Jesus Medina in the 71st. Mm-hmm. Tajuri Shradi wins it uh, late on, was it 85th, I believe. And No, it was in the 90th. It was in the 90th. Sorry, yeah. I have these numbers. I was trying to make these notes down. 85th is when he came on. He came on. So and that's an interesting point for me because on those keys to the, and I spoke all to the New York City FC media folks, and they're like, well, you probably will wear us down in the second half. I go, that's going to be one of my keys. Let's use the bench. Let us, uh, let's, get control, and then put them out where they're exhausted like we've seen in many other games. Well, I was dead wrong on that, and I'm going to blame my New York City counterparts for giving me that intel. I don't blame them because I thought that's what would happen. Instead, they bring a bunch of guys off the bench, and they were deeper than they have been. You know, Maxi Morales, Maxi Morales played. Uh, they brought in the, the young Brazilian, Talis Magno, uh, who didn't do much, but hey, you got him in, so now you got that behind it you. It was weird that he came in and then came off. Yeah. Obviously, it worked out. Yeah, I mean, you came off for the guy that scored the winner, but and then yeah, uh, and Tajuri Shirati comes off the bench and scores the goal, so they obviously got a little healthier since their last game, and the bench played a huge advantage for them. Mm-hmm. LAFC bringing in Latif for Sifu, Raheem Edwards, which is a bit of a departure. We played okay, uh, coming still back. doesn't look fit, doesn't but. It didn't seem like that the, the, the pop off the bench was there. And, mm-hmm. and it was this was a unique circumstance for LAFC because of the way the game was going. Danny Masovsky in the 87th to try and get a goal late for Eduardo Tuesta. So that was puzzling in that sense. People are going to be very frustrated about the fact that it's the same situation. LAFC playing well, not creating goal scoring opportunities and not scoring. 
they did get the goal and between the I'd say between the beginning of the second half this is a liberal time uh, situation till at the 65th minute LFC looked fantastic almost as good as they had play, played this season even a, uh, for long stretches of the first half yes there was moments where they had backed up because so New York came out and they decided to play with a back five and I mean uh, I mean a back five they Which played is a departure with, uh, from how they play yeah well they've been playing with three off and on because James Sands is is uh, has characteristics that allow them to do that he's a great player by the way the James Sands is, is either a center back or a defensive mid I think uh, he's probably higher ceiling at center back just because the way the game is going to have a guy that can, can defend he's there. pretty quick like he was winning foot races with Corey Baird. Um, to be able to do that, but then also play those balls and those passes that James Sands has that um, calmness about him. But they were defending so deep. And there was times I was writing in my notebook, like literally LAFC was passing from half space to half space, which basically is the new creative area for a lot of teams. Because it, it allows you to then go wide. You can, you can send a ball through to a guy, you know, send a guy into the 18. You can do all these things. They were just moving it back and forth. And, and honestly, NYCFC was just, they were holding on and thinking, all right, well, we've got Morales, we've got Medina, we've got uh, Castellanos. Three very talented guys that on the break, if they get loose, especially 3v2, which a lot of times LFC just had two back, we would, we would love to have that. But man, they were getting run ragged because guys like Medina and Morales were like, Ugh, I don't really want to come back and help make it a 5-3 or 5-4-1. Um, and so LFC was moving around, but they, the, the biggest criticism you can have is they just, not a lot of shots. Not creating a lot of shots. I mean, no, they were creating, it wasn't. creating a lot of advantages where they were finding good spaces, but then not, not, not getting the final a shot. Thing, which is something we've we've said uh, repeatedly mm-hmm. on this, and it's frustrating. And I guess you, I want to, I don't want to steal your thunder because you know we were texting after the game, and I was like, man, this is, this feels like another big step back, uh, which it is because look, you're going into this break. You had this home game. LA Bank of California Stadium had been a fortress. Uh, it still is. Uh, it's um, you, you look at why why is this the the old Albert Einstein quote was it the the, the definition you know, of insanity? I actually <laughs> believe doing the same thing. And I believe that that's been proven not to be an Einstein. Okay, okay. it's, it's a great, not Einstein. Doesn't mean that it doesn't it hold any water though, because right. it does make sense. But, right, and I, look, LFC has a style, and they're going to keep playing a style, and they're going to do it. But to your point, it's what they have to do is it, it maybe it, it gets robotic. It goes like, all right, this is how we do to unlock it. And someone's got to go, okay, we got to try this. Yeah. And show a little personality and show something a little to throw some of these defenders off because they seem to know what to seem, they seem to know what's coming. I can't remember what it was that you and I were on. I don't think it was a podcast. It might have been on Instagram Live where somebody asked, you know, what, what's the one thing you want to see from LAFC next season? And I said, I, I'd like a few more match winners. Like, yes, Carlos Vela is a match winner. Diego Rossi on his day is a match winner. But after that, the list just, falls right like some guys that and and that doesn't just have to be goal scorers somebody that just is like guys absolutely today we are not losing i'm grabbing this game on scruff on the neck i'm going i'm if i'm supposed to be in this area and somebody else is doing something over there i'm gonna go make that tackle or i'm gonna go do this um i actually had a few times in my notes that tristan blackman of all people uh, a few moments where like he was just like look i know that guy's over there but i'm snuffing out danger over here and that was good um obviously wished he would have been a little bit quicker on that near post uh, corner. But that's that's kind of been the thing. Like, there's been a lot of guys that are good for long stretches of the game, and then there's, like, so- something happens to them. And I know that the big air is the, is the pa- pass out of the back, and people are losing their minds, and you say to yourself, 
Could he have cleared it in that moment? Yeah, probably. I, I rewatched it again. Could he have even played it to Cheeky before bringing it back? Yes, of course. But then even watch the play even farther. And yes, the pass is bad. But I pointed out to you, I go, what is Jesus Murillo doing on that play? When Mark has the ball, he's standing on the six. He's standing on the corner of the six, which is fine when Mark has the ball. You're an option maybe, or if, if the ball comes right back in. And, and that was where the danger area was in that moment when Mark actually, again, made a great play to track back and get in front of Teus Magno because that was going to be a prime goal-scoring opportunity. But he cuts that out. So Murillo's sta- standing there. And then Mark tries to make that pass, and he's still standing there. And then the pass comes into Jesus Medina, and he's still standing there. And then by the time he gets to Jesus Medina, Medina's already shaped his body, and basically he's just providing a shield. Um, so I understand the way people watch these games, and I, I get it. Like, your eyes are not deceiving you. You're seeing mistakes. But what I would say is, what other things are we missing? Like, why are teammates not responding to errors and I think it's that it's that bigger point like why are, why are we not getting play to play there's gonna be errors and I understand that there's errors but there, no one's picking each other up it, it's that's what's really lacking for me and that sounds like a bigger a deal that and that's something that really needs to be assessed because there has to be that spirit there has to be that helping along go guys I putting you on my back for the next 10 minutes right we're getting this and LAFC gets the payoff We'll get back to that, the Jesus Murillo thing, because we, we, we saw it now, and it's, you know, ball watching. It happens all the time in the in, in this sport, and it, it can be poisonous, really. I mean, same with the corner. Yeah. So people are losing their minds. Like, they're showing, uh, I've seen pictures of the corner before it's taken, and the guy's wide open in the back post. Yeah. Um, I'd say this. The chances of playing a direct ball to that player before either the team can shift over or just getting a ball right on that guy's head very minimal. So you set up your defense in a way that you have to win that first ball. Now you don't win that first ball and again, you don't react. So it's like it's these dominoes, right? Like win the first ball. Okay, we didn't we didn't react too. That's where it, it's going wrong. It's like you're compounding everything and, and one of those things, it, it, I get it. Like when things aren't going so well, no one wants to be the, the next guy in on that play, right? Like no one wants, when, when one guy dives on the grenade, why would you want to dive with him? Yeah. But that's what a team is. You've got to pick each other up, and you've got to adjust for mistakes. And it just seems like right now people are like, well, that guy made a mistake. What, do I, what can I do? We'll get to all of this as well because there's a lot. There's so much here. It, it, and for us, it makes this podcast very intriguing. For, you know, we, we, we wish we could be talking about a 3-1 victory or what have you. Uh, just another thing about my keys that I had coming in is Carlos Vela and what we saw in the Rapids game. It didn't evolve into that next step coming on. It looked, you know, he, it, it looked a little bit closer to the Seattle performance, mm-hmm. uh, reminding us that he's not a hundred percent. Yeah, not totally fit, and, and that's fine. And he made it. He actually made quite a few runs where guys just didn't didn't see him. There was a couple where I remember Sifu had the ball, didn't see the window, didn't play the pass, and for a guy that's not fit to have to be making those runs and not get the ball. Um, I would say that after he had that opportunity that you would say nine times out of ten, Carlos Vela scores that goal, regardless of oh, the way the, the ball bounced. played it across to Diego? Yeah. We're, okay. right, it got caught in his feet a little bit, and then he saw Diego and was like, okay, well, this is a way I can get out of this, but just shoot it, Carlos. Like, Carlos. And so, the, someone they got knocked from behind. Yeah, so it got knocked from behind. The, the, the Carlos that scored those two goals against Club America scores that goal. Yeah. Right. Like, and scores, doesn't look for the pass. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm he's scoring. Yeah, like, he's Bang. like, I'm scoring no matter what. That, that like, was the telling moment for sure. Right. Which and is, it made him a little angry. He yeah. woke up a little bit and was like, Ooh. 
and he tried to push a little bit more, but he's not fit. He's not fit. So now he'll get a ch- chance to do that, although he, he needs games to get to that ultimate Carlos Vela. So the next time we'll see this team play is June the 23rd, uh, our, our debut on Valley Sports. Is it our ju- is it 13th? 19th, sorry? 19th. Wait a minute. My notes are all off. I apologize. You can take away that review that you wanted to leave. 19th, 23rd is the midweek. 19th. The 23rd is the Dallas Games. Our, it's our debut, yeah. but we have the game on the 19th. And so. the bank, for, for what we've been hearing, will be full. Well, doors are open. Come doors on in. Doors are open. That's great news. So we got, we, everyone's going to be able to do their part. Let's talk about LAFC doing the hard work to get the lead. Uh, the assist by Akei to set up Corey Baird, who gets a goal. And then at that point, you're like, Push finish on. them. Yeah. Finish them. And that never, never came. And not really that many great opportunities to do it. Well, here's our hockey tech. Line change, 65th minute. Bring on four guys. NYCFC goes, all right, yeah. this isn't working. Um, we're one nil down. It's a Western Conference foe. We're on the other side of the country. Why not go for it? So he goes from his five back to, you know, their standard kind of four, two, three, one. And they push. And I wrote my notes. Anytime you see four changes, you're like, okay, let's see what happens here. Yeah. Because it might be a momentum we're shift. We're in a crazy time of this sport where you see four changes. Yeah. That never was even possible until That's recently. That's true, too. Uh, it's, but it's one of those moments where you say, okay, either LFC like, takes advantage of the four guys that are coming in here and they score a goal and they ride off into the sunset. Or... NYCFC pushes them, and then they got to find a way to get their footing on it. So I wrote 60 minute, like four changes. NYCFC finding a little bit more of the game. Mistake happens. Um, and that's like, and then that was the heads dropped, my, you know, mindset changed. And, and again, that goes into having a good team. You know, there's going to be a push. You know, they're throwing caution against the wind. How can you absorb and use that to your, to your, betterment i mean lfc still did have some chances even at 1-1 uh before before they scored that goal but they just yeah they weren't it just seems like they they weren't not prepared's not the word but they just didn't seem to understand the moment like hey they're gonna push you a little bit different they're gonna change things because they got nothing to lose and they were kind of like oh but we were playing this game where they had five in the back and it was fine and we were just doing the things we were doing yeah, look, that uh, Ronnie Dila, uh, who's, been, who's been able to make that change and get that impact from him, that was really a, a stunning development for me. And But that, I think that's a great point. As you see, you've got to be able to adjust. You you still can play the game you want to play, but you've got to realize certain spaces are not going to be there that may have been. And those adjustments have to happen on the fly and quickly. And LAFC still is struggling with that. And right now you see with opponents... Uh, they they feel like uh, the ball's in their court in many ways on how to play LAFC. And LAFC's got to take the ball back. In the margins, right? So the opponents are like, man, last year, not last year, 2019, we're probably down 2-0 here. Well, it's only one. Let's go for it. Yep. That's not the team that we used to see. So the, these errors are compounded by the margins, which goes back to the, the earlier point, which was we'd like to see some more shots. We'd like to see them creating a little bit more. The defense is actually fairly good. LAFC gives up the fewest shots on goal in the league, which is crazy. The problem is <laughs> the shots that they're giving up are high-quality ones, yes. which is consistent, which was in my, my little thread that people, because I was like, hey, if I'm going to do analysis on the Galaxy, I might as well do a little LAFC analysis, which I put in. It's consistent with what we're seeing. Errors are compounding into big chances. Not a lot of big chances, but big enough that 
the goals are they're scoring goals. Yeah, and it doesn't make a lot of sense because we look at these stats; they're pretty tried and tested. Like when they come up with expected goals, you're expected to hit those goal marks, and they're not. Mm-hmm. And when you give that many few shots up, you're not supposed to give up these goals, and they are. I, I like to think that these things even out here at some point where uh, it, it goes back to the science and right. the metrics where, okay, this is the way it's supposed to go because those are, those are metrics that people abide by because they're accurate. And it's kind of yeah. going against the grain with what LAFC is doing. You sway between them. The, that's the bigger point. And that's the thing that the, maybe the Galaxy fans didn't understand that I was just trying to say was the probability is that things are not going to go well for you if you're continuing to give up the most shots in the league and also – big chances on all those shots. Could you overperform your metrics through a course of season? Of course you can. It's technically a small sample size. Like I remember, uh, I think it was a StatsBomb podcast and they were talking about, um, you know, their margin for error and their sample size. And, and they, it, the guy was saying, uh, Ted Knutson, who's the head of StatsBomb, he was saying, you know, I talked to some of my friends in like the medical field just because they, they talk, because they work in probabilities too. And they, he said, they laugh at me because they're like, we would never act on the sample size that you guys have because <laughs> it's <laughs> thank so goodness because it's so yeah and thank goodness especially when we're talking about pandemics and things so it's because it's so small but this is all we have and i would say we're 20 to 25 percent in the way season you're looking at lafc and you're saying okay your your metrics look like you should be better than they are but if you continue to make big mistakes it's not going to matter yeah and then they the, do the, like i said for the galaxy your metrics are looking not good if this continues to trend that way or worse I'd be worried about you. But right now they're getting points and it's not that big of a deal. Again, I'm just giving you the probabilities. Most smart people, most smart football people would just look at those and go, okay, this might be a problem you want to, you want to look at, you want to assess. Because that's how you, how do you train your team? What do you think? What do you think Bob's just going to go out there and roll out the ball to Mark and go like, this is what happened last game. Kick it out. Roll yeah. it to him 10 times. Kick it out. Kick it. No. You train, you train the bigger points. You don't train the exact moment of what you did. Well, let's talk about Mark Anthony K because that was a big a takeaway. And I remember I even tweeted, I go, Mark's doing really well. He assists the gold. He was tracking back repeatedly, getting possession and getting LAFC moving in the right direction. But some people are hell-bent on uh, identifying him as the problem. Whenever I was. And I, I, I was kind of floored here because I saw it really pouring down. I'm like, what? because of the ball, yeah, it was a bad ball given mm-hmm. away. He worked to get in that position. I even had a, a beat, shouldn't have hit it there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the team still should have been able to have a better response to that goal, as you pointed out. But um, th- he's, I think when, when you're looking at bo- turning the ball over and the amount of touches that, that he's going to get, he's going to be in those positions where it happens. But it's happening a lot throughout the team. But the work effort and rate and ability to go from box to box and do those things that it's, he's supposed to do as a midfielder uh, are there uh, to be seen? I I, I sent the, a, the tweet about Mark's been playing very well, and someone <laughs> like it, they'll ever use it. Old takes exposed. I'm like, really? What? I go. This doesn't change it. This was earlier in the game, obviously before it, but his 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 performance and the reason Bob has him out there, who has a keen eye, mm-hmm. is a testament to what he's doing. It's LAFC is not playing well. People have to play better. People have to stop turning the ball over. But this isn't a one-man job, and it's it. I see more out of him the the good mm-hmm. than the negative, and I think the stats will will back that up time and time again. I just don't understand. Well, okay, more than anything, what do we try to do on this podcast? Try to give you a bigger view, and it's not just because 
right now they're not doing well, so we try to give you a bigger view to make them look good. No, look, there's certain ways you can watch a game. And I, I think one is like the back-to-front way and the front-to-back way. Coaches watch it front-to-back, right? They kind of have to predict what's going on. They have to put the players in the right spots. Now, most fans, and there's nothing wrong with this. Again, watch games like this. This is the way 90% of people watch it, but you can get this analysis on Twitter, so that's not what we're here for. Um, most fans watch it from back to front. And by that, I mean that's interesting. you see the result, you go and find the little those moments that led to it. So you see the result and you say, okay, how did we lose? Oh, Mark gave up a ball there. He must have been bad. And then you kind of look at it, it, another hockey reference. It becomes like plus I'm minus. Getting, look, you gotta, you've got to chill out with these okay, hockey sorry. references. But people love it. It, be, no, but it, <laughs> it becomes like plus minus. So plus minus is actually something that's not used in hockey much anymore. Basically, plus minus is how many goals you created on the ice or how many times you were on the ice when a goal was created versus how many times you were on it when you, get, you guys gave up a goal. And, and, and that seemed, that's a very okay metric to watch games and to kind of assess players. It just doesn't work that way. There's thousands upon thousands of events that happen in a match other than goals. And I understand that because there's so many, you can just, you're just floored by it, right? And so it's easier to, to zoom in on those 0.1% of what is going on in the game. But that's not what the coaches do. The coaches have to know much more. And that's why there's a lot more metrics coming out in soccer. That's, this is the stuff that I enjoy. And again, people go, oh, it's not stat. The only stats that matter is goals. Yes, I understand. End of the day, standings are what matter, trophies are what matter, and if you want to live that way, that's fine. We are trying to give you a wholer view of it, a more holistic view of it, and I would say this, plus minus on the day, Mark creates a goal, Mark gives up a goal, so he's at zero. All right, but which you'll take. <laughs> which you'll take. But he's getting hammered as if he's, to your point, he's the worst player on the team, and I'm looking at other metrics. Uh, Mark is in the 99th percentile for progressive passes, which in terms of a midfielder, do you know who... Do you know who the midfielder is that has more progressive passes than Mark? Give me a second on this. Okay. Write a review while I'm okay. thinking. Below uh, him is below him is Edward Atuesta. Wow. A- Edward oh, Atuesta. It's Carlos Hill. Wow. Who I would guess everyone is everyone's front runner for MVP at this moment, right? Um, and so there's and there's and honestly, looking at the major things that you want a midfielder to do, Mark is 88th to 90th percentile and above, like progressive. Not just progressive reception, progressive receiving. So receiving balls that that move the ball five to ten yards or more towards the opponent's goal. Mark is in the ninety-fourth percentile. And then if you don't love those stats, and I would I would I've said this on my on my thread, go on football ref and just play with the stats. They're really fun. They're all free. They come from stats bomb. You know you can trust them. I'll say this. Bad data having bad data is worse than having no data, but it comes from Stats Bomb, so it's it's worth using. Um, but there's some guys at American Soccer Analysis that do great work. And again, these are numbers, guys. So if you want to rail on me for it's all about results, it's all all about goals, all about standings, then don't go there. You want to learn a little bit more? Go there. They have a metric called G plus, which is actually a pretty it's a pretty cool metric that they it's it's machine learning. It's pretty cool to try to try to pull out basically what I said. There's thousands upon thousands of things that happen, and if we judge everybody on goals or goals given up. We'll know nothing. We'll know just a little bit about a couple players. So they use this metric called G plus. Can I read the top ten? It's it, but it just it's it's very interesting to see about the stats that everyone has to abide by and the moving of the sport towards it, and the great coaches who do really push it and and accept that information successfully on a rec, on a regular basis. And this sport is screaming it. for that, yeah. which it never used to. And to the point that I was trying to make with the backwards watching, forwards watching. Again, you're watching a game. You remember those big moments. I could sit with you. you want, you're like, well, what about the eye test? Okay, 
Let's come, yeah, come sit with me and we'll watch hours upon hours of games and I can point all these things out to you. This is what coaches have to do, and this is what they do. They A little bit of numbers. A lot of the eye tests, I mean, you know, Bob's recollection of the game is ridiculous, Like, and not just on goals. He's like, oh, yeah, there was a moment where a guy could have dug a ball out. There was a guy streaking down the left side. There was another window open there, and instead he passed to the side. And you're like, that doesn't seem like a big deal. He's like, it's a very big deal. We could have scored a goal. So he's thinking of risk-reward. What can we do? What, how can we push the pace? How can we take chances? How can we accept the risk but understand that if we, in this moment, make that pass forward, the percentages of us scoring are much higher. So, again, this G-plus is basically trying to make sense of the thousands of moments. Can I read you the top 10 of, by the way, this is defensive midfielders, central midfielders, attacking midfielders. They kind of break down people down in position. I'll read you the top 10 uh, G-plus right now. Number one, Carlos Hill. Number two, Ali Bedoya. Number three, Jack Price. Number four, Atuesta. Wow. These are pretty good names that are at the top of the list for midfielders in, in, in plus. So those are top four. Gotti Kinda, five. Uh, Reynoso, six. Wow, just all. Oh, Some hey, look names. there. Mark Anthony K, seventh. Seventh in goals plus. And this metric is pretty good. It, it, like if you ran it through for last season, your MVP candidates are going to be up top. You ran it through t- for 2019. The metric reasons out a lot of things and, and just gets you kind of this boiled down to what happens in the game. And the biggest thing that I get from this is it also picks out the things that you do well. Mark's biggest attributes to the team, passing, interrupting, which is pressing, interceptions, and receiving the ball. It's all there. Which, again, is all there. And I just – so you don't have to take these numbers, but these numbers help you understand a little bit more that there are thousands upon thousands of events in the game. And, again, if you want to live a way that just breaks down from goals, that's, that's fine. Like, but the podcast here and people yell at us, this is literally what we're trying to do is help you understand the game. Literally. So if, if that's not what you want, I mean, I know you told people to subscribe, but you might need to go somewhere else. No, look, we give uh, we give a lot more than just that. It's, it's a great pod for a lot of reasons. And LEFC are in a bad spot. They have a lot of work to do currently in ninth place. Uh, there are so many positive signs, but there's some repeated negative signs that have to be alleviated, mm-hmm. and now's a great time to do it. You kind of have a bit of a reset button for the season to get forward. There's a lot but of mistakes you say, being made. But would you say a mental mistake where you're two yards from your byline can be erased a lot easier than recreating all the other things that Mark Anthony K does? Is it worth taking yes. out the uh, 50 to 100 other actions just because of one error? Yeah, if he's going to do it every single game, but he doesn't. It's not like it happens every single game where he plays a ball into into a defender in that area, and his team's teammates don't get to him. So I'm just I'm just, I'm I'm asking fans like, I know you want to just you you think that changes are what needs to happen, and you're right, but doesn't mean that it's player personnel wise. It changes in mentality. It changes in the way you train. Changes maybe in philosophy. Hey, you for guys right now, we're not in a good way. It's late in the game. Maybe just clear it out. Learn that moment. It's incremental changes, and I get that you can't see those. That's done behind closed doors at training, but this is how football works. This is how it works at a high level. Yeah. In, in, in defense of those folks, football works where it's a high-pressure situation, and they're going to be feeling that. They certainly are. Now, real quickly, the game-winning goal by Tajiri Shroudy, um, we, I watched over and over again, and it, it looked offside. It was offside. Uh, just to give an, a, a, a background, so 
MLS does not use Hawkeye like they do in the Premier League, thank which God. I hate anyway. <laughs> yeah, thank God. Because it's too tedious and it doesn't have to be so perfect. Like, you know, give the referees and the mm-hmm. officials some wiggle room to say, okay. So the TV camera situation there was not as comprehensive as you would normally see. So well, you pull they, that curtain back, right? Yes. There's not extra cameras. Right. For VAR. VAR can only use the cameras that are on site for TV. I still think they should have looked at that. Maybe. <laughs> said no. And maybe, and maybe if it's close enough, we'll give them the benefit. And maybe of in the long term, there should be some more cameras, maybe ones that we can't view. But VAR only has access to, to the TV cameras. And if there would have been a better angle, don't you think we would have saw that on the TV? Yes. And if it was egregious, uh, then obviously they get overturned. So. Unfortunately, that's the way it happens. I don't think people would have been happier if we were here talking about a 1-1 tie than a 2-1 loss. They would have been a little happier, but not a lot. It was disappointing to give up a goal and uh, see the chance to get three massive points, which would have put you in the top five in the standings, but more so get the two wins going into this break with two more home games with a chance to really puff your chest out and move forward. But that's not going to happen at this point. So uh, we'll put a bow on this game. Yeah, We'll come back and have a... Uh, uh, we shall see. Uh, we're waiting on a guest. Grab bag. We'll grab bag. It could be a whole bunch of things, but could we're be a waiting guest. here. Could be it's a lot of you and I. Parts. Maybe we'll go deeper on the Champions League. Who knows? Yes, we should do that. This is the Max and Vince podcast inside LFC. Don't put your head down too much. Decompress. Take this time to spend some time with your family and your friends and uh, enjoy the football. There's a lot of stuff going on. USA and Mexico playing this week. So get on with that. We can come back fresh and get ready to just like restart the season it's a long way to go and it's a lot of good things can happen we know lafc are working hard to improve this team in a variety of ways and they'll be and that is something you're going to be seeing in the next few weeks okay we'll be right back welcome back to the inside lafc max and vince podcast a reminder to subscribe and leave us a review do it today let us know how we're doing why are you laughing (laughs) because i saw the red light on the camera there and it wasn't there before and we had to redo the segment yeah, red light. That's means- why I was hoping you wouldn't ask me that, but that it's- red light means record. Yeah, well, your laugh was just uh-huh, too obvious. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I'm just trying to keep it lighthearted. After we had a that that segment was pretty deep. Yeah, I mean, I knew it when we were watching the game; it was going to be tricky. But I'm confident things will get a lot better. Um, I'm sure everyone's going to hear it and just be like, "Man, you know, those guys are thoughtful." I didn't think of it that way. Man, well, great. Or I don't know about that. No, probably not. Probably I'm probably going to get a lot of incoming. So we're going to take a little break from the podcast, but we'll be back uh, two weeks from now. Two weeks from now to really get it going again. Thank you for all the support. We we had a little. We were going to get a player in here. We're gonna we're gonna put that off on hold because it's a strange week. So we'll have some players when we return as well. So we're going to take this opportunity to get you guys primed for the soccer of summer or the summer of soccer. Soccer of summer. <laughs> the summer no, of soccer. No, I like soccer of summer. I like it too. That's why I threw it out there. Yeah. Um, a quick look back at uh, what we saw this weekend. It was incredible because the the leagues ended. Things are supposed to slow down. We still have all these big tournaments coming up. And yet this weekend we had the end of Mexico. Cruz Azul winning mm-hmm. the title. Congratulations after 24 years. I, I felt very happy for them. It felt, you know, this nice cathartic moment. And they deserved it. When you're a team that good, always hovering around at the top, you should win one. I, I, my heart always aches for those teams like the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm who are clearly the best team of these generations, but you're not going to be considered that unless you win one. Yeah, maybe maybe a lesson learned from LAFC. I mean, we defeated them. That was disappointing for them. And then they had other heartbreak. Actually, the heartbreak right before we defeated them. Uh, a lot of teams would crumble, especially under the weight of what they felt for the past 24 years. I think, I think it's a really big deal, right? I mean, it is. Uh, not just because it is 24 years and then because they've 
they were, you know, a historically traditionally big club. But like I said, a lot of times players don't want to, they're like, they jump ship. They're like, that was the closest we're going to get. We're out. Sorry. New cycle. Start again. But these guys hung in there and, uh, you know, they, they were playing some really good, good looking soccer. I mean, there was Mex- this, this Liguilla was interesting. You got like Puebla and teams really punching above their weight, but like that doing it in a that, big that, way. That tournament always pans out well. You always have a compelling final. I mean, so many different teams have been in the final recently, but every time you watch it, it's a big deal. Um, you know, Leon and Pumas, obviously America. Would you ever want to do Chivas that here? Chivas won it a couple years ago, three years ago. Like a two? Do you think MLS would ever embrace that? The two? No. No. It's interesting, though, It's right? another level of explanation to the yeah. the unaware American public, and they'll go, wait, there's two tournaments? But there's something to be said about that, which makes it work in the schedule. Plus, you would have to change your schedule a lot also. But all these Mexican teams that have kind of made it, there's always a compelling thing. I always hear these rumors that the you know, League MX is kind of waning in interest. I don't see it. I mean, I'm more, I'm more into it than I have been in recent years. The teams are good. The players are good. It's, uh, the stories are good. The, the, the personalities are compelling. Same. And if you're MLS and you're watching that be compelling and then also watching these uh, Liga MX teams get a little bit better at their uh, social media, both on the Spanish side and the English side, I would worry. Mm. I would worry because um, I think that's the next big hurdle for them is there's a lot of there's a generation of um, fans that are coming up that that speak some Spanish, but also speak a lot of English and prefer their news or their highlights in English. Ooh. They grasp a hold of those before these MLS sides do. It's interesting. It's going to be arms race for sure. So we had that Champions League final. A historic moment as Christian Pulisic comes in on the 66th minute. <laughs> That's the whole thing. Yeah. No, it was it. But I thought Christian Pulisic should have started. But Thomas Tuchel does an incredible job. So we Seemed put a bow out. on that. And that's what the Champions League is for. It's A lot of times champions don't win it. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, And you have to call Chelsea the best team on the planet right now, even though they finished fourth. Uh, in England, but the expanded tournament allowed that. I was just, it was a weird game as Man City, like. It was very tactical. Yeah, Man City was disjointed. Whatever Thomas Tuchel did, not whatever he did, I know what he did. He decided he was going to play a, a kind of a, a little bit more direct style um, and really mess up City's flow. Uh, and it Boy, did. did he ever. And he's beaten them three times now in like a, a Incredible. Month three and times half. in a row in a month and a half is, that's incredible. I like early in the second half, I was like, Man, Man City's done. Yeah. This game's over. They yeah, don't no look answer. like a threat, and it was. Yeah. I should have tweeted that. Yeah, yeah you would have looked time. like a genius. And then this is like the transition to the international game. The USA played Switzerland. Yeah. <laughs> Mexico that, played Iceland. USA playing Switzerland. I get a text from my dad. It says, man, this USA team looks really pedestrian. And I just write back, it's been a long season. Most of these guys are like, when can I go on vacation? Yeah. Well, not any time. They're getting ready now for the nation. I know. League. Well, that's why they're thinking, can I get, go on vacation before we hop? You know, there was just nothing on the line, and they're all tired. I get it. But I do get the other side of it. It's like, do you want your spot in the Nations League? Do you, do you, want, to, uh, do you want to be part of the uh, trusted few that, that Greg Berhalter is going to have to use in this condensed cycle uh, to qualify for the World Cup? We're going to learn a lot about the U.S. team, and it's all been great it's to see what they've been doing with their clubs and when they have – come together for their national team duty it's been good but we haven't seen Greg Berhalter win a big game grand their friends you want to see him win a big game this would have been a big game to win and kind of get you know lay this stock is, on this, this to squad. be fair to him I'm though, worried it, I it, am worried because it's still the, the, but to be fair to him this is the first chunk he's actually getting to actually spend time some time with his first team right I mean they haven't had consecutive camps with the same guys 
really at all. The pressure will be on, and I think of course. The Thursday when you don't qualify for a World Cup, the pressure's on. I think it'll get ramped up if they lose to Honduras in this Nations League semifinal because that's a game they should win, and then to lose that at home, they'll be like, oh boy, and then things could get a little sideways here real quick. Agree, agree. They have to, they have to make the final. Whatever happens in the final, you w- you would like to win it. You you would assume it's going to be you and Mexico, uh, but finals are finals. They can just get the final. Just get to the lose final. Lose to Mexico, but get there. Yeah, I, I always say, yeah. It, it, I mean, almost every high level coach says, just get to the final. We can figure it out from there. Any team can lose a final. It, it happens. We saw it with Man City. They clearly should have been the better team. It didn't. They weren't able to pull it off. Uh, but to your point, yeah, if they don't, they don't reach the final, ooh. And look, what a great opportunity to get everyone really excited about USA-Mexico, about what lies ahead in 2021, and even the World Cup at that early stage. To see that movement to move towards it is, uh, is a good feeling. And I'd hate to sit there on Sunday and we're playing Costa Rica in the third-place game going, oh, jeez. Oh, God. Do you imagine how dour of a game that would be, third-place game? Not good. Oof. Unless it's Mexico Why in the third-place game. Why do they do third-place games besides money? Money. Speaking of money... You know, I think Mexico would be better equipped if they had some of these friendlies in Mexico as opposed to going for the money and playing them in the United States. It's the Brazil model. In, uh, How many Texas. times does Brazil play in Brazil other than the qualifiers that they're forced to play in Brazil? It's true. It's the traveling show. Yep. There's a lot of money. But I think for their, for their prospects in a World Cup, those games matter when you get to go. Imagine going to Iceland. Also, it's silly. I mean, come on. Imagine you live in Guadalajara and you just want to see the Mexican national team. You're not going to travel to Dallas. Like, come on, man. I just want to see, I just want to see you know, the thing that I aspire to be if I'm a 10-year-old kid. I want to see it in my home stadium. I want to, I want to be able to reach out well, and touch I'm, it. I'm saying, like, play these games over in Europe so you can test the, there and get that Oh, oh you mean really get yeah. – yeah. But the style of play is so different. Don't, you do want to play – well, they played Iceland, so – uh, what, what, what do I know? I, the good times are over for Iceland. So we have this summer now, which is going to begin now with the Nations League, and then we'll Soccer go Soccer of summer. Soccer of summer. 2021. Print the shirts. So we have uh, the Euros, June 11th, Copa. Gold June 11th Cup. started with Italy versus Turkey. Italy, Turkey. Excited about that. Yes. Italy, that Italy team's that. pretty good. But problem is, there's a lot of good teams. A lot of good young teams in this Euros. People talked about the expansion of the Euros and how it was going to water it down. I don't see it. I'm like, those groups look really compelling. The only thing is you're only eliminating eight teams in the group stages. Yeah, but, the only uh, thing now is my math skills are being pushed to the absolute yeah. test with the third place. I don't even know how it's going to all work. Do you, what, do you, what do you think about the... Are they, they're still going to do a little bit of different cities and move around? Yep. You like it? Nope. No. Me neither. I always like I think one, even now I always like the one host country. Everyone time. comes together. Yeah. It's good to go. It's good to go there and you, you meet with them and you learn about their culture a little bit and then you kinda all well, arm in arm go to the games and sometimes you go to games that you don't even care about because you just want to hang out with whoever the host people are and cracking beer gardens all over the country. Yeah. But now it's like there's games, you know, in Azerbaijan and you know, in England and it's very far away from from it. So I thought maybe the pandemic would get us back to normal. I hope we have those nations. Maybe co-hosting, or but the whole European thing doesn't make doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I'm sure it does to UEFA. So it's uh, and it's going to be a 32 team tournament before too long. So enjoy it while it is. It's going that direction. Um, but uh, that's going to be going on the Gold Cup, the Copa America. That'd be big news if we actually see some Copa America games, and then we'll go in the World Cup qualifying. So you're most excited about the Euros. 
I am most excited about the Euros. Just there's so much young talent. I mean, you look at the France team, the Belgian team. Obviously, England's very good. I mean, this is a like you said, they expanded, but man, it's it didn't look like it watered it down at all. I mean, Italy plays Turkey. I was telling you, Turkey looks good. They have a lot of good young defenders. Yomaz playing great with Yomaz uh, hope to get some goals at 35. Yeah, he can still do it. Did it did it for Leo at a, at a high level. So. Uh, it, it's inc- it's incredible. I just I like seeing. And then I was even telling you that French under twenty one team, I feel like could compete at this Euros. Like French is the French are stacked. Don't t- don't tell me England has the best young talent. The French are stacked. No, France, Belgium, Portugal, then maybe England. England fighting it out. Yeah, England kind of in there. Uh, some interesting little uh, smaller nations there. Scotland is in there, which would be compelling. Even more so in a non-pandemic year, we have the, the Tartan army yeah. traveling through Baku, Azerbaijan. Aye. Can I get frosty cold beer very, in Baku? You get that from Braveheart. That's a very good Braveheart. Ah. Uh, uh, he here. He consumed the English. Uh, it's like a mix between Braveheart and Stevie Nichol. <laughs> Macedonia or North Macedonia. Danny Masovsky's own. Yes. No, he ended up not taking. Didn't get call called for that. up. <laughs> that cool. That's from, a team that. Could what be. I heard was it was a it was the call before the call. It was the hey, would you be even interested in the that's call? That's still so, great. No, it is great for him. But so I'm picking Portugal to repeat. Really? I think it's impossible to predict here. It is because of that group. You have Portugal, Germany, Germany, and France in the same group. And Hungary. And Hungary hosts a couple games. Not to Hungary, but Hungary's going to spoil it for somebody. So who does, who does Portugal play in the final for you? I have to look at the bracket, but just off the top of my head. I'm but would s- it even matter? There's third place teams. People go everywhere, right? Yeah, so, it's very hard. I mean, it could very well be France versus Portugal. There you go. Repeat. And repeat for Portugal. Repeat of the final or, two. Sorry, repeat of the final two. Yeah, because France won that one. No, France lost that one. Or lost four years ago. I don't even know where we are anymore. Soccer of summer. Soccer of summer. <laughs> oh man. Rough so day. enjoy it all. But we'll be back in a couple weeks and we'll get back into covering LAFC and a lot a, a, a lot to to look forward to. This season is still unfurling and for everything that has that happened badly against LAFC. They're in a position where they can get right back into those those spots. It's 34 games, uh, and what are we into? Seven, eight games? Seven, yeah, seven. there's still 75% of the season to go. I mean, Things going to change. We'll see what happens with Brian. Brian, uh, who's in the promotion. Going to play in the playoffs, promotion playoffs. We'll with see. Almeria taking on Girona. Ooh. I was excited. I thought the promotion started this week because he started a game and played almost the whole game. Like, oh, that's the final game of the season. It didn't really matter as much. But hey, remember, we got to be friends. We got to be fans of Almeria. We are fans of Almeria. And we'll see because something's going to happen in July. Subject. Yeah, well, I guess uh, when we come back in two weeks, we'll know a lot more about the Brian Rodriguez uh, saga. So we'll get you. Enjoy all the games. Enjoy the game Sunday as USA beats Mexico in Nations League at altitude at mile high. Vince Rosa, Max Predos, wrapping up another Inside LAFC MVP podcast. We'll see you in two weeks.